What's up guys and welcome to our final installment of the NFL mini series that we're doing for the uh, individual teams. Today we are talking about your Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. They finished last season 12-4. and uh, They obviously had that first round bye in the playoffs. They didn't have the best record but they had the first round bye. They came back from behind against Houston and beat them 51-31 to in the divisional round. They beat Tennessee, the surprising Tennessee Titans, 35-24 to in the AFC Championship. And then they beat Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers, 31-20 to in the Super Bowl to bring home the Lombardi Trophy for the first time in 50 years. Patrick Mahomes was your Super Bowl MVP. Um, questionable. I mean, it definitely could have gone to Damian Williams, but uh, he's the quarterback always gets the love. Um, it's, it's the first of many Super Bowl MVPs for him. I, I think he's going to win another one or two more. Um, I have him projected out as far as fantasy goes for about 4,600 passing yards, 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 225 rushing yards on the ground, and then another two touchdowns. So more than what he had last year, but he did have some, uh, he did have some injury concerns last year. He missed a couple of games, but less than he had two years ago when he had that 50 touchdown season. So I think 32 to 35 is going to be his, his norm. Um, unless he obviously misses some time. I mean, this, this kid is good. He is, he's, he makes his receivers what they are. I mean, Tyreek Hill is a stud by himself. Sammy Watkins is a stud by himself, but, um, we'll talk about that when we get to the wide receivers, Let's talk about the uh, quarterback room here. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes behind him. You got some veteran presence in Matt Moore. So if Mahomes does go down for whatever reason, Matt Moore could step in. And then they brought in Jordan Tiamu from uh, from the XFL. But uh, yeah, I mean this offense and everything that the that the Chiefs do runs through Patrick Mahomes. Um, they they might. I mean, they're definitely going to miss a step if he were to get hurt. But Matt Moore is capable enough to kind of keep the uh, kind of keep the team afloat if it's a short-term injury and Mahomes only has to miss a couple games. Yep, you read my mind because I wanted to bring that up quickly. So, starting off with their QB one, Matt Moore, he uh, started <laughs> off or he started three games last season, and actually he was pretty solid. And a part of that, I mean, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks have success under Andy Reid, but, you know, I was a little surprised. Matt Moore was actually pretty solid from a fantasy standpoint. He averaged finishing as the 16th QB during those three weeks, so actually he performed pretty well. If you're in a two-QB league, he was actually very worthy of starting, and uh, really a lot of his a lot of the receivers in that offense didn't miss a beat. I, when I say didn't miss a beat, they still performed. They didn't perform as well if, as if Mahomes was in there, but they were still solid plays. Um, so going to Mahomes, honestly, I'm not going to say that much because what are you really supposed to say about the guy? When you look at a situation, this is a high volume offense, high efficiency. He has a great supporting cast, a great line, great receivers, a nice young running back. He has a great coaching staff with Andy Reid, who's been very friendly to fantasy owners. And he's a great talent. He might be the best quarterback that we'll see in our lifetime. I mean, we don't know who else is to come, but it's very likely that he is just based on arm talent alone. So he literally has everything that you need to be successful. And that's really all I have to say. I mean, he's a consensus top two QB and you could, you know, talk about it all day, but that's a reality. There's really no negatives on him. Not at all. And then going on to their running back room, 
It's uh, it took a little bit of a hit this year. Now, dating back to the uh, NFL draft when we did our live for the NFL draft, we figured that no matter which running back, because we knew like it was like ninety five percent sure Kansas City was drafting a running back. We didn't know when it was going to be. We didn't know if it was going to be the very last pick of the first round. We didn't know if they were going to trade up. We didn't know if it was going to be in the second round. Have to wait for day two. Uh, turns out it was the first round, the last pick of the first round. But we figured that no matter what running back they get, because it was going to be early that he was going to pretty much be your number one dynasty running back, your number one, um, well, your number one rookie draft running back. Um, he was going to be a hot commodity, but Damian Williams was still on the roster at the time. So it was kind of a, kind of one of those things where, okay, I want to take this guy, but I don't want to, I don't want to reach too high for him. I shouldn't be grabbing him in the third round when Damian Williams is still there and he's coming off a, arguably a Super Bowl MVP performance. But then Damian Williams opts out, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire just shoots up draft boards. He's going in the first round. He's going as the sixth, seventh, eighth overall pick. Um, Dynasty startups, he's going even a little bit higher in redraft leagues. Eighth, I think, is a fair spot to say he's going. I don't know what his exact ADP is right now, but it's definitely shot up uh, to end of the first round. I mean, it's for good reason, too. I mean, he played on a high offense, a high-octane offense at LSU with Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. But they, um, it's it's crazy how much he shot up draft boards. And now we get to see this year like what, what it's all about. We, we thought we were going to have to wait a couple weeks, at least a couple weeks. We knew we were going to see him this year, but we thought we were going to have to wait a couple weeks, get Damian Williams in there. Um, but now we get to, we pretty much get to see him right out of the gate. What are your thoughts on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? There's a few names behind him. Obviously, they brought in DeAndre Washington. They got Darwin Thompson, who's a late-round pick last year. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> he's he's one of those guys that had a lot of hype on him, too. He's kind of in that that uh, David Cobb and Bishop Sankey boat <laughs> where you you like, oh, i got to grab a bunch of shares of Darwin Thompson. And I was one of those guys, and, and now it's like every Dynasty League I own him, and I think I dropped him. Yeah, I mean, I was one of those guys, too, because especially whenever you see a running back that potentially has a ton of volume, you just want to hop on it right away. But yeah, I mean, he didn't do anything and he didn't look good in his limited amount of snaps that he did have. So, I mean, I loved Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming into the draft. I think that he's super talented. He's a legitimate three down back. I know everybody was already pretty excited about him because uh, essentially Andy Reid said he's Brian Westbrook reincarnated. And we saw the successful fantasy seasons that Brian Westbrook had. I would expect Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to maybe even be better than Brian Westbrook at the peak of his career. But, I mean, you really couldn't have picked a better spot for him as much as... And I know you've talked about this before, where Mahomes isn't the kind of quarterback to dump it off to his running back. But I think they're going to specifically design plays for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, whether it be running back screens or option routes out of the backfield. So he's going to be heavily involved in that passing game, even if it's not in the traditional dump it off to your running back sense. Uh, I do think he'll be involved, but there's really not a lot to hate. I mean, typically, I haven't gotten to talk about this a, a lot, and I know based on this offseason, it sounds like we all hate rookies because of all the question marks, and we don't know how they're going to be adjusting to the NFL game and the playbooks and the schemes, but I typically love rookies. I haven't gotten to talk about that a lot, and a lot of people are hearing me talk for the first time through this fantasy season. I usually love high upside rookies and second and third year players, so I'm all over Edwards-Alaire, even in redraft leagues now. 
He's currently going as a 10th running back off the board, but you do have to consider for a big chunk of the offseason, we thought Damian Williams was going to be there, so he's continued to shoot up draft boards. I'm pretty comfortable grabbing him in the late first, and if you can pair up Edwards Alaire with, you know, Miles Sanders, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, any of those young running backs that go early in the second round. I think that's a super deadly combination. And it's similar to Mahomes. He's in a great situation with a great scheme, a great line, all the talent in the world. And all he has to do is go out there and perform at this point. All right. And then uh, Damian Williams might have been the biggest fantasy impact to opt out this year with the COVID stuff going on. But the first impact to opt out this year was also from the Chiefs offensive lineman Laurent Duvernay Tardif he's uh he's a Canadian resident he has a doctorate um he decided to opt out he was the very first player to opt out and uh he decided to kind of just help do some research for the coronavirus that's going on so I mean you can as a Chiefs fan or whatever you might have some ill will against him but he's definitely he's definitely doing some good and we have to commend him for that but that leads us into how this offensive line looks now um he was their starter he started all their games last year but now they're they're missing their guard and uh so how does that affect their offensive line and what's their what's their rating on him now so they have them. This is updated. They have them ranked 12th heading into this season. They don't think I'll have too much of an impact just because he really wasn't the important piece on that line. <gasps> still have, oh, I know. How rude of me to say that. Hey, he's a smart guy. He doesn't need to play football anyway. He realistically should probably just go be involved in uh, medical research. But the uh, their tackles really are the bread and butter of this offensive line. Eric Fisher has been a solid, like a top 20 left tackle. So not great, but... Mitchell Swartz has been a top five tackle over the past three seasons. Uh, they got Asamale from the uh, 49ers as well, and he's been a very good guard over the past few seasons. So very strong line. As you would imagine, they're better pass blockers than run blockers, which probably doesn't surprise anybody, but they're a top 12 line, and they're pretty confident they'll be in that range this season. All right, and then... Here's the part we've all been waiting for, the wide receivers. And I, I actually posted this question before in our Fantasy Hotspot, and I asked, are these wide receivers actually a top five unit by themselves, or are they a top five unit because Patrick Mahomes is throwing them the football? So here's the names that they got. Tyreek Hill, he's a pretty much a consensus late first, early second round pick in your in your fantasy drafts. Sammy Watkins, obviously he has a high actual, the real draft price tag on him, uh, fourth overall, but um, he hasn't really lived up to it. But he's he's been bounced around the league a little bit between between Buffalo, um, the Rams, and now the Chiefs. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, who had some time last year. Michael Hardman, who was uh, a guy that was drafted to kind of be like a Tyreek Hill clone. And speaking of Michael Hardman, um, we usually talk about the special teams after we go through the offense. But he is basically, he, he seems to be their primary punt returner and their kick returner, which is another one of those. This might be the, this might of all the 32 episodes that we've done so far, this might be the guy who has the most impact between being on offense and being on special teams. Like he could get you points in special teams because he is returning those kicks, but also he's attached to an offense that, likes to throw the ball a lot and Hardman should be involved in this offense a lot. So um, if you get him late in your draft, you're throwing him in and even best ball lineups too, you might get, you might be very surprised with, uh, or not surprised. You might be very satisfied with 
with the kind of points that he gets between the special teams and on offense. So I just wanted to throw it out there. Uh, Hill has also returned kicks and punts too. So um, obviously he's being drafted. You don't need to be talked into drafting Hill. Hardman might be on the fence. Um, but you got those four guys along with their tight end who we're going to talk about along with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So what do you think about this this core four of uh, wide receivers for Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of question marks, in my opinion, behind Tyreek Hill, even Demarcus Robinson. I'm sure there were some people out there that won some matchups last season because of him. Yep. He had the one <laughs> huge game there where he had 35 points. I remember because I had him in a few leagues that I threw him in there, and a lot of people were excited. And he basically fell off a cliff after that game and didn't really produce after that. But, uh, I mean, Tyreek Hill, start off with him because he's the easiest one. The biggest problem I have with Tyreek Hill is he's not, and I love Tyreek Hill. This isn't to say I don't love him. I love him in real life and in fantasy, but he uh, he's not a prototypical number one wide receiver, and I'm not saying that based on size, but just based on his volume. He's not a guy that gets 100 catches, even during his big 2018 season. When you look at last year, he was 26th in target share. He only took 22% of the Chiefs' overall pass attempts, and that's because Travis Kelsey's there. I mean, realistically, we can talk about these other wide receivers, but I think the top three passing options this year could be Hill, Kelsey, and maybe even Edwards Alaire, depending on how they get him involved, or probably Sammy Watkins. But Tyreek Hill just isn't traditional in the sense that he's taking, similar to Devontae Adams, 30% of his team's overall targets. You know, they really like to spread the ball around. Um, I love him. I'm not taking him as one of the top five wide receivers off the board just because I think they have, you know, I don't like saying a lot of other mouths to feed and it might not seem like it because they're not big names, but this offense really does spread the ball around. You rarely see it where one guy takes over all of the volume. I mean, even Travis Kelsey might have a huge game, but Mahomes will have 400 yards and there's other guys with 60, 70 yards. And that's what they do. They spread the ball around. And I think we kind of saw Tyreek Hill's peak in 2018 anyway. He was the fourth wide receiver that year, and he had a huge season. He had over 10 touchdowns, 1,400 yards, and even if he hit that, you know, I think it'd be hard for him to finish higher than fourth just because he's not a guy getting 15 targets a game. He's a guy that's getting 10, but he's being very efficient with those targets, which is just as important. But at the same time, it does limit his upside a little bit, which might seem crazy to say, but he's still a top 10 guy easily. Uh, Sammy Watkins, who you mentioned, I think he's a little underrated. And I think it's funny in one of the best passing offenses in the entire NFL. I mean, Sammy Watkins, even though McCole Hardman's there, Sammy Watkins is the number two wide receiver there. And it's kind of crazy to me that he's never drafted because when you look at last season, actually was fairly effective. He had 90 targets in 13 games. So realistically, if he played a full 16 game schedule, which I don't know if he has that in him, but if he did, I mean, he could be a guy that had 110 targets in a season with Patrick Mahomes. So there's got to be value to that, especially he's a little different. His average target depth was a lot shorter than Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman. So Sammy Watkins right now is really running those underneath routes. Even Travis Kelsey, I mean, he doesn't run short routes either. So Sammy Watkins is kind of, even though he's their biggest wide receiver, he's kind of like their slot guy right now, which is kind of weird to think about because you don't really think of Sammy Watkins in that way. But I do think he can have value. I think if you're in a deep league, he's worth a snag because We've seen his talent, and uh, if he's able to put it get together for a full season, I like him. 
And then lastly, with McCole Hardman, I'll wrap up on him. Got to bring him up a little bit. I think people are overdrafting him right now, personally. Like I said, at best, even though this is a high-volume passing offense, at best, he's maybe the... I mean, you could say maybe he's the third option behind um, Hill and Kelsey. But even then, he's kind of maybe 3A and then or uh, Edwards Alaire is 3B and Watkins is 3C. So, I mean, they should be all very similar. And the biggest problem I have is Hardman's fighting for very similar targets as Tyreek Hill. I mean, if they're both running long routes, who is Mahomes going to bomb it up to? The reality is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is the better wide receiver at this point. And that's my biggest problem is I think they kind of... Uh, they kind of they have similar skill sets, I guess. So that's one of the reasons I'm not as high on him. I love his speed, and I think he has talent. And you mentioned best ball leagues. I think that's where he's best suited because this is a guy that can have two catches for 110 yards and two touchdowns. That's what kind of talent McCole Hartman has. But I don't think he's going to get consistent volume week in and week out. Yeah, just have to monitor him at the beginning of the season, see how it goes. Should be, like I said, he's probably going to be drafted if it's anything it's going to be late last round last couple rounds but uh definitely it's a it's a piece of this chief's offense so definitely definitely worth the risk um finally we got their tight end travis kelsey over the past week or two he's uh he's lost a fiance but he's uh gained uh some money in his pocket he's signed a four-year extension um he is last episode we talked about george kittle and being 1A, 1B, and Travis Kelsey is the other half of that. He's 1A, 1B. Dynasty leagues, you tend to see Kittle go a little bit a little bit sooner. Um, but like I said, they they usually go right next to each other within a couple picks of each other. Redraft leagues, Travis Kelsey, it, it could be either way too. Kittle has gone sooner than Kelsey, but Kelsey, is uh, Kelsey I think, is a favorite to go higher in redraft leagues, and, and for good reason. He's 31 years old. He's Mahomes' favorite passing target. Um, he does get the red zone catches. He does, uh, he does go all over the field. He could stretch the field. He could go over the middle. He's... He's basically their biggest guy too. I mean, it typically tight end is the biggest guy, but they don't really have like a six four, six five receiver. So it, it's it's Travis Kelsey. Um, even from that perspective, he is. He's got excellent hands. He's uh, he's Mahomes. Like I say, he's Mahomes' favorite target. He's been there for the for the couple of years that Mahomes has been there already. And I mean, it's really this could be the third time we're saying this, but you, you can't really say anything more about Travis Kelsey. You can't say anything more about Mahomes. You can't say anything more about Tyreek Hill. You can't say anything more about Travis Kelsey. It's this, this is the offense here. And that's, that's just the way it goes. Yep. And it's similar to Mahomes. I mean, it's a perfect situation. I'll say quickly, I guess in dynasty leagues, I don't understand why people are fading Kelsey so much. You mentioned he signed that extension and he's going to be in Kansas city for at least six more seasons. And I mean, I think you're crazy if you're planning beyond six seasons in a dynasty league. And I mean, we've seen some of the best tight ends in football stay really relevant through their late 30s. Tony Gonzalez played until he was 39 and was a top 10 tight end until he was 39 years old. So Travis Kelsey, I think, can do the same exact thing in this offense. But when you really look at Travis Kelsey's metrics, he's literally top five in everything. 
I mean, in any metric you could possibly imagine. So he's the number one tight end. Like I said, I can't argue with people that take him in the second or third round because he gives you such an advantage. He would have finished as the eighth best wide receiver last season. So, I mean, that just gives you a huge, you know, every single week, no matter who you're playing, you have the best tight end and you have that positional advantage. So I can't argue with people that take Kelsey and he'll have another effective season. There's no reason that he won't. All right, and then we already talked on their punt return and kick returners, but Harrison Bucker is their place kicker. This is probably your second, arguably first kicker off the board with Justin Tucker, which is crazy because all these episodes we talked about, uh, dome kickers and warm weather kickers, and not that Kansas City is cold, but they are there in the Midwest. They can get snow. They have gotten snow. They can get rain. Um, but Butker is a guy that he's on a high profile offense. They, they're going to score a lot of touchdowns. They're going to get a lot of, uh, they're going to get a lot of red zone opportunities, get some field goal opportunities. So he is, he's, he's definitely in that K one category. Yeah, be definitely not a K two here. <laughs> he, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, uh, this is one of the highest volume offenses and that's the reality. I mean, he had lots of opportunities last year. He finishes the number one kicker. He's one that if you're drafting a kicker, he should definitely be in the top five. I have a personal top five that I would draft, and anything beyond that, I'm probably not even going to bother with a kicker, and I'll just wait till the day before the season to pick somebody up. But, yeah, I mean, he's in a great offense with, in a great situation, so no reason that he won't be a top five kicker this year. All right, and then their defense, which uh, in in recent years when you've talked about the Kansas City Chiefs it was always wow these guys uh don't have a good defense at all um they've kind of turned the kind of turned the tables a little bit they actually have a draftable overall defense um as opposed to I'd say even just two years ago um and then individually they got Chris Jones who they paid they they gave Travis Kelsey his extension they gave Pat, they extended Patrick Mahomes and they extended Chris Jones so he's like the uh he's the top dog on this defense they got Frank Clark uh, they got the Honey Badger, Tyron Mathieu, and um, so a couple of individual players. I'll let you point out any other individual players that they got, but those three are the big ones. Uh, obviously, Chris Jones, he's a he's a defensive tackle, so fantasy-wise, it's really hard to say. I mean, he is a run stuffer. He'll get you some tackles, um, but he it, it's tough to say how he'll, he'll do fantasy-wise. I'm sure you got the numbers in front of you. Yeah, and I mean, this is the reason why Patrick Mahomes will win multiple Super Bowls. It's not because of his talent. That's not to say he doesn't have talent, but this is the reason that guys like Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers haven't won five Super Bowls is because their organizations never consistently put together good defenses. And we've seen with all three of those guys winning Super Bowls, it was when their defense was at its best. And sometimes its best was only an average defense, but this is definitely an above average defense. And I think the Chiefs have done a really good job putting a team around Mahomes uh, and that's really not going to change for the foreseeable future here. So last season, they finished as the eighth best unit in fantasy league. So like you said, I mean, this is a draftable unit, uh, you know, and they finished top eight last year. So that's very impressive. When you look at their individual IDPs, not a ton of guys to get excited about. Chris Jones had a good season last year. He finished 32nd among defensive linemen, but he did miss three games. The year before that, when he played a full season, he was fourth among all defensive linemen. So I do think a lot of people are fading him based on a season last year. But this is a guy that should be drafted, especially if you're starting two defensive linemen. He's a top 15 guy. 
other guys, Frank Clark on that defensive line has been a very effective pass rusher for the past five or so seasons. Finished as the 20th best defensive lineman last year. Once again, should be a guy, probably a back end second defensive lineman. I do think their linebacking core is a little interesting. And when you think about IDP leagues, you make your money with tackles. And I think this linebacking core is a little questionable, and I'm not sure exactly where the tackles are going to come from at this point. You have Anthony Hitchens, who's had success in Dallas previously, had 135 tackles in 2018. You have Damian Wilson, who's a little bit of an unknown. Uh, You know, but besides that, just... You know, a lot of question marks. The guy that I personally would take a chance on, which seems a little crazy, but they drafted Willie Gay this past season, and I think this is going to be the future of this linebacking core, and I think he's going to be a a linebacker one in fantasy leagues in the next few years. So definitely an option in dynasty leagues, but even now, I think that he's going to end up starting the season with Damian Wilson and Anthony Hitchens. So if you're in a deeper IDP league, I might take a chance on him. And even if he's not drafted, put him on your watch list because I think this guy could uh, maybe make a run on being defensive rookie of the year. I know he's not a guy a lot of people are talking about, but I think he has an opportunity from day one to be involved in a good defense. And then lastly, you mentioned Tyron Matthew. He, uh, he's he been a very effective DB IDP for many years now. He finished 20th last season. So once again, he's very involved. He's an aggressive safety, so he's, he gets a ton of tackles in the run game. And he's a playmaker, so he gets some interceptions, which will uh, net you a few points as well. So he's definitely a second DB in leagues. But yeah, I think there's a lot to be excited for for this defense. And I think they're going to be tough once again to beat this year. Tough once again to beat, and that's exactly where I got him. Um, I you don't really see a lot of repeats anymore in the NFL. I mean, the Patriots have done it, um, but I think it's going to happen. I think the Chiefs they're they're going to win their division. When we talked about all the AFC West teams, we talked about how close it's going to be between second and fourth. But I think we're in agreement that the Chiefs are pretty much going to run away with it. Um, we realistically could see the Chiefs at like 12 wins, 13 wins, and then the other three teams with all nine and seven records kind of battling it out for second place. Um, I believe we both have, well, at least I do, um, I have the Chiefs against the Saints in the Super Bowl, and I think that the uh, I think the Chiefs win it again. But I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be opposed to either of them winning it, having Drew Brees kind of right off into the sunset with a Super Bowl ring, or another Super Bowl ring. Um, but it's I think that the Chiefs are they're just strong on both sides of the ball. They got one of the most electrifying and exciting quarterbacks to play. Um, and they're we're gonna be seeing them a lot for for the next 10, 15 years in, in the playoffs yep. and probably a couple Super Bowls, and I think that they do it again. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt they're going to win this division. I mean, it would be one of the greatest upsets in recent memory if they didn't win this division. And I don't think they'll have 12 wins again, though. I will say that. I do think they could have a win or two less, just because I do think this division is going to be a lot stronger, and we've talked about that. But the Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos should all be improved. And I love this division because I feel like they're all chasing the Chiefs. (laughs) in the way that they're building their teams. You see the Broncos with all these weapons. Now it feels like they're all saying we need to score more points than the Chiefs, but they're really forgetting that the Chiefs defense is pretty solid. Um, so the Chiefs definitely should be in first in this division. 
whoever finishes second, third, and fourth, I think you could swap them around, put them in a random generator, and that's your best shot at picking it at this point because I really do think it could be that close. But I personally have the uh, Saints beating the Ravens in the Super Bowl, but I know, very shocking. But, uh, I I mean, a matchup I want to see, and I think we all wanted to see it last year and we didn't get to, were the Ravens and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. And I really just want to see Lamar and Mahomes go at it I mean, and everything you said about the Chiefs is applicable to the Ravens as well. Strong defense, great line, great weapons. I mean, they're not the high-volume passing game, but, you know, they're the same way on the ground. So I think that would be a great AFC championship game to watch, and I really hope that happens at some point. All right, so that'll do it for our 32-team breakdown. Uh, We went through and just individually just broke down each team. Um you got your offensive players, IDPs, defenses as a whole, kickers, kick returners, punt returners. We just we did it all. We we even threw a fullback in there, and <laughs> and I had a lot of fun doing this. I know you had a lot of fun doing this. We've been up some late nights. We've been up early mornings, uh, editing the pods. It's just been it's been fun, and this is the first year of many that we're hopefully doing this, um, and. Yeah, I mean, any final thoughts before we uh, close it out and move on to our next our next project? No, I think it was great. And, you know, as much as I know a lot of people aren't breaking teams down in depth, you don't have to because that's what we're here for. But, I mean, it really helps you. And I know going through this and going through depth charts and thinking about situations and researching individual players, I mean, I was able to learn a lot about players that maybe normally you don't think about. So I think it makes you a better fantasy player. And I highly recommend people taking a look at depth charts and really uh, thinking about situations and how it can apply to your league. All right. So we will see you guys next episode for whatever we decide that we're doing.